You're listening to 103.5 FM, WLSPLP, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. The views expressed on this program are those of the producers and individuals appearing on this program and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Sun Prairie Media Center staff or the staff and elected officials of the city of Sun Prairie. Hey everybody, this is Andy Shaner. This is What Are We Building from the Sun Prairie Media Center and the Sun Prairie Media Center Studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. Uh, over by the library, I'm coming to you uh, on a Wednesday night, uh, whenever you hear this. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, folks, you know, if you've been here, lived in Sun Prairie all your life, or you're new to town, uh, welcome to Sun Prairie and welcome to What Are We Building. Uh, my guest today is Tim Semin. Tim is the planning director for the city of Sun Prairie. And so when you're asking the question of what are we building, Tim is, is the guy to talk to. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to that conversation. You'll hear that in just a second. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. Had a good Thanksgiving holiday season, uh, doing the things, staying safe. You know, we know what the things are. We've been doing them. Uh, it reminds me of finals week. You know, I, I had a professor, I think, once who just said, you know, run through the ribbon at the end. You know, you, then you got all summer or winter break to, to relax and, and hang out. And that, the vaccine is coming, but we got to kind of, this has been a marathon and we got to kind of finish this marathon and, and finish it out. And, and, and then I hope everybody's doing the stuff. So keep doing it. We're, we're, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but we got a, a few months left here to, uh, to, to do the things that we know what to do. So what are we building in some prairie? Uh, the big news I think recently was uh, the pumpkin patch development is, is moving forward. So there was land that the city owned that was sold uh, to a developer. And uh, we don't have an official kind of anchor tenant uh, for the longest time. That was going to be a Meyer store. And it sounds like Meyer, for whatever reason, COVID or the pandemic or what was going on, conditions, uh, Meyer backed out. And it sounds like all indications are it's going to be a high V grocery store. And Hy-Vee wanted to come to Sun Prairie, uh, so they were going to just do like a, a small convenience kind of health food store right there on the corner by where that new Summit Credit Union is going to be. I'm guessing that's off now if they're going to build a full-blown uh, grocery store. And some people will say, you know, geez, we've got Pick and Save and, and Woodman's and Target and Walmart sell groceries, and this is crazy. Why do we need another grocery store? And and, and I guess Hy-Vee would answer that question by saying, we're going to build a multi-million dollar building and, and hire a bunch of people and put in, you know, a ton of inventory and make a massive investment in some prairie because we think that this is where we want to be and there's enough growth and, and people that are going to continue to move into this community over the next 10, 20, 30 years that it makes sense financially to have a store, you know. So they're moving dirt around. Uh, they're, you know, they're doing some basic kind of infrastructure construction down there on Thompson Road. Uh, the Schneider Farmhouse was torn down, which I found kind of unfortunate. I Actually, my second episode, I talked to Joe Chase. You can go back and listen to that that previous episode about the history of some prairie and what that house represented. And I, and I sympathize with Joe. He, he was sad to see that, that farmhouse torn down. And I think, by and large, I agree with him. We do a kind of lousy job. Uh, talking about the history of Sun Prairie, about our history as a community, uh, history as a state, and local history. Uh, when I was in fourth grade, I, I had a unit. Everybody did. You went through a, I remember the textbook of the history of Wisconsin. And I would like to see us do a better job just sort of teaching about our, our state and local history here in Sun Prairie at school and just talking about it in general. So, But, uh, but anyway, that, that house had to be torn down, that farmhouse, and that's permanent. That's never coming back. And that's an unfortunate byproduct of 
of some of the development we see from time to time. You know, the, these things happen and it couldn't be uh, couldn't be, be saved or, or, you know, or restored or, or preserved in any way. Uh, it's, you know, something to keep in mind as we continue to build and develop is what do we lose sometimes when we new building and, and new exciting stuff. I was saying earlier that, you know, there, people don't understand why there's enough demand for another grocery store. When I go grocery shopping, Costco, pick and saves where I normally shop, it's nuts. It's crazy. And so I don't know whether that's just a function of we don't have enough uh, places to shop or labor because we don't have enough people to man the cash registers. But it feels like even if all the registers were open, it, you know, Costco's nuts. Uh, Walmart, when I go in there, is nuts. Target's busy all the time. You know, so we're going to need workers and labor, and we need people to, to, to work at all these businesses that are continuing to grow up and build. That is where housing comes into play. And so one of the other pieces of that pumpkin patch plot is a new apartment complex that is going in right, or they want to build right at the corner of Main Street and Thompson right there. And there that, that particular development, it's a company out of the Twin Cities, I think, that that is looking to build that new complex. There are some workforce housing tax credits that they get as part of that to help, uh, you know, bring in workers and and have folks that are going to work at, at all these different places. You know, when they eventually do open back up, I'm thinking like the movie theater, uh, different restaurants, you know, waiters, wait staff, dishwashers, line cooks, all the, these people that staff all the places that we like to go, uh, they got to live somewhere and they want to live somewhere close and convenient to uh, to where they're working. And that's a spectacularly convenient intersection right there, obviously right next to Prairie Lakes. And, you know, it's it's down from this Colorado Commons right by the Sherwin-Williams. It's been controversial over there. Um, but but it's just exciting to me to realize, and, and this is kind of what some prairie, I think, needs to decide, is do we want to continue to be this sort of sleepy bedroom community of Madison, you know, single-family homes spread out, uh, or are we going to start to create some dynamic interesting, you know, not quite urban, but but closer to urban than suburban type of neighborhoods and different kinds of people and diversity racially, socioeconomically, and, and create, you know, particularly in that Main Street, uh, you know, kind of corridor, the older parts of town where we've already seen apartment buildings go up, uh, create those kind of dynamic environments that uh, are really exciting to me as as part of what we grow and, and how we continue to grow as a city. So these are the kind of things I'm going to talk to Tim Semin about, the planning director for the city of Sun Prairie. We're going to take a little break. i got something to read, and then uh, we'll come back and hear my conversation with Tim. Thanks. You listen to 103.5 The Sun, Sun Prairie's community radio station. We serve the city of Sun Prairie at 103.5 FM, or you can always get our app on the App Store or the Google Play Store. This show is available on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a lot of those kind of main places people get podcasts. Uh, I would encourage you to get on the website, sunprairiemediacenter.com, and uh, check out you know different things that we've got going on there. So this is a fantastic time. Just the downtown business improvement district, all our local great businesses, restaurants downtown, want to remind everybody to try to shop locally as best you can. we got to find opportunities, whether it's just Order and takeout from your favorite local restaurant. You know, going in, there there are different things going on. Uh, they're actually going to do a ladies' night out with extended shopping hours on uh, December 10th and the 17th, uh, open from 5 to 8. And just different ways you can support local businesses, local restaurants. They, you know, a lot of them are doing carryout. You can buy gift cards, gift certificates, all that kind of stuff. If you follow the Downtown Sun Prairie Facebook page, there are different uh, promotions and participating business information there. So shop local and that's sponsored by the Bank of Sun Prairie 
and Faded Roots Boutique. Obviously, keep your distance, do all the things, like I said, but try to support your local businesses just in this last push here and uh, and keep them open. You hate to see anybody have to go out of business permanently because uh, of this temporary situation with the pandemic. So one other quick note is this will be my last show of 2020. So it's my 20th episode. So my 20th episode of 2020, nice round number. Uh, and Tim Semin will be my last guest for the year. I'll take a little break over the holidays and that kind of thing and then come back in, in 2021 with a, a new slate of guests, a, a new round of shows, new season of Waterbury Building. So stay tuned for that. When we come back, you'll hear me and Tim. I guess I'll introduce yourself and and then kind of let us know how long have you been in your current position as planning director? Um, well, my name is, is Tim Semin. I actually I grew up here in Sun Prairie. But with respect to my current position, I've been with the city for about 13 years as a, in, in the position as a planner, worked my way up as a principal planner. And then in um, uh, 2018, I think it was August 2018, I was elevated to planning director. So, yeah, and I, I had talked to Scott Kugler back in an earlier episode mm-hmm. as well. He's technically be your boss. That's correct. Yep. And Scott's yep. been there a fairly similar amount of time, I think. So you guys, you guys kind of been working together kind of in tandem for quite a while yeah yeah that's true and uh scott's actually been here about five years longer than i have but yeah scott scott's been my boss the whole time i've been here so yeah we we work uh, pretty closely together and, and have um for that whole time and i'm gonna so i'm gonna say that i i think over the last and that's about how long i've been living in somewhere i guess i moved here in Oh four, oh five, somewhere that and i personally have been really happy with the direction that some prairie has gone i think a lot of people are, and that's why people continue to move here and stay here and move within some prairie. And so I think you guys deserve the majority of the credit. Some people would say blame, but I, I will give you guys credit, um, <laughs> along with, you know, obviously uh, Sarah and Philip and, and all the different people in, in the planning department and the city government in general who I think by and large do, do an excellent job, in my opinion. You know, there's a lot of armchair sort of Monday morning planning i think that goes on but um i but i appreciate what you guys do so thank you yeah well i, I appreciate that that yeah we, we don't we don't hear that <laughs> frequently um but uh when we do we, we definitely say thank you um yeah it's it's been a very interesting time since i've been been with the city and, and having having grown up here uh the really significant changes i'd say population and some of the types of development that we've that the city's seen um, since I've been been employed with the city, it's 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 from my perspective, it's been kind of neat to see some big big national retailers and national brand brands come into the city, and you know the city really developing as its own place versus just a um, what some people called a you know sleepy bedroom community of Madison years ago. Yeah, it's funny that's I use that exact phrase in my open actually of of what asking what type of community do we want to type of be? Do we just want to be a sleepy bedroom? community or do we want to start developing our own identity and create some dynamic neighborhoods and kind of unique so closer almost to an urban environment than a true than a suburban environment but but having a nice nice mix and so one of the things I wanted to kind of make clear to people that I I really appreciate about the way the city is set up is you and Scott and, and the city staff are not elected officials and so you are not subject to sort of political whims or election cycles that you have a consistency uh, in terms of how things are, you know, ordinances and, and things are applied and, and how we sort of work with, with different developers or, or with the citizens. 
I, I, where I'm curious is how much of your position is just strictly sort of here are here's what's what we can legally do and, and working within a legal framework and how much of it is do you get to bring of yourself and your own thoughts and opinions to how what direction the city goes in or or you know or are you just sort of following sort of the letter of, of those ordinances and what what's allowed sure so like a lot of government answers I would I'll say it depends um, yeah. I think that the the opportunities for us as staff to have more input are when it comes to plan developments, and that that is a specific type of zoning. Um, that's an opportunity for a developer to ask for some flexibility um, from the regulations in one area in exchange for some higher level of design, site design, architectural features, some some increased public benefit, and so forth. And so we we get to help define what that means because because it's it's a little bit different for each project. So that's where we we get to have a little bit more of of I guess I want to say you know kind of our fingerprints on a, a given project. But yeah, plan development zoning is probably the the biggest opportunity for that. Uh, I would say another another area would be in the creation of our our plans. All right, so our, like a comprehensive plan. Obviously, we we were all all of the planning staff was very involved in, in that document, working with our consultant. So so we're looking at all the different plan elements. I think um, certain certain members of the planning staff have have different areas of expertise and of areas of interest, I guess, that we're, where we, we could apply those interests um, to a greater extent in the plan or at least bring those up to the, the steering committee and the plan commission and the council and so forth. So so that's another area where we get to have a little bit more of, I would say, our our own personality introduced into into the into the mix. I, I you know I know the mayor talks about providing his one of his jobs is to provide a vision for where the city is going to go, and that's obviously you know, a subject to re-election and, and the voters are going to weigh in uh, or every election cycle. But do you as a staff kind of think about that or, or put together, you know, a, a mission statement or just something in your head of at a very high level? What do you feel like? Can you define in just a few sentences wh- where you think the city of Sun Prairie should be going and what type of city it should be? Um, boy, that's that is um, that's a good question. From my perspective, I, I it's it's neat to see again because um, because I grew up in in the city and and, and um, I guess experienced what it what it was like in the 60s and 70s, 1960s and 1970s. Um, it is different, and and what it's, you know some people different is bad, some people different is great. From my perspective, I guess I I I like the direction the city is going because it offers residents visitors more opportunity and opportunity for many things that can mean that can mean opportunity for biking opportunity for running walking opportunity for recreating opportunity for jobs opportunity for housing choices all those kinds of things that when when you start see, you know when you become a I'll air quote city um, th- those things become more of a viable option to people who live there versus back you know in the like i mentioned the 60s and 70s when the population was significantly smaller there wasn't wasn't the population threshold to generate interest from a say a costco a cabela's or not that they necessarily even existed back then but mm-hmm. but those types of national retailers and those those not just shopping opportunities but again now now um 
employers bring uh, certain, I guess, expectations by their em- employees that, gee, wh- okay, when we're done working, what do we do? Do we want to, oh, there's nothing to do here. Let's go to community X or Y. So in terms of a vision, it, it'd be, I think it'd be great to have, to see Sun Prairie develop into a, a community where you can do essentially almost anything you want to do in the community itself. So you don't have to take a trip to wherever, pick a city, Milwaukee or whatever, you know, to, to do some of the things. For example, I know our we uh, after the unfortunate um, gas explosion a couple years ago, the city developed what's called its, its Sun Prairie Stronger Plan and, and had a, a very or has a very interesting vision for the downtown area. That looks certainly a lot different than than 1970, and some people might not like that, but I personally think that that's that's a thing, if implemented correctly, could really, really uh, energize the city as a whole, not just the downtown, because now we're creating more of a unique place, a unique a, a place that has more of a unique feel. And I think I think from a vision standpoint, that's that's certainly something that I think is is a benefit to to Sun Prairie. Yeah, things, I, I, I guess in terms. Sorry, I was yeah, going to say I, I, that Sun Prairie Stronger Plan. I, I think I actually took a survey and and I've, I've looked at a lot of the mm-hmm. plans, and I'm really excited about it. And I talk, you know, I've talked about history, and I talked a little bit about the the Schneider Farmhouse. Obviously, was demolished here just recently mm-hmm. on the pumpkin patch. It was controversial, and yep. you know, people talked about it. And the, the same with the, that area around the explosion, where you have that the old city hall that's being redeveloped and preserved. That will be a very cool building and in business hopefully long term but then also new development new things going into I, i've said before i think some prairie is writing its own history as we you know we, we we need to respect the past and be aware of it um but we have an opportunity as citizens now to create something entirely new and unique that becomes a, a destination that people want to come to not only for everybody that lives here to be able to do things like you were saying be able to do whatever they want in the city but also be able to bring New people out from outside of Ma- from Madison, from you know DeForest, from all areas around. You know Costco and Cabela's have already started to do that, but I think culturally mm-hmm. and moving some of that, bringing people downtown is uh, you know just a new exciting thing that that I think I hope continues to develop. You you use the word that I like, which is destination, and you mentioned you said Costco and Cabela's are starting to do do some things, but but um, some of the things that are called out in the stronger some very stronger plan are, are going to make make Sun Prairie more of a destination for people from other cities. Yeah, I, I, pati- I like that word, and particularly yeah, downtown. Like so I guess yeah, talk more about how what we can do to make Sun Prairie more of a destination, both for people that want to come and are looking for. A place to live. I mean, I, I think about, you know, when I was a, I graduated from college, my wife and I were just starting out. We had a dog. We, we, and we literally were just looking for an apartment that allowed dogs. And we ended up at Barrington Place, which is an apartment complex just, you know, in the northeast side of Madison's, got us close to some prairie and made us want to think about, about living in some prairie. And had there been apartment options mm-hmm. in some prairie, we very likely would have um, taken a look at some of those apartments and ended up putting down roots there. And I think that's why, you know, having apartments and, and housing. Uh, is important and but but making it a destination not only for people that want to come to live but then also people that come to visit from Madison from what what do you feel like is is key to helping some prairie become that that destination yeah I, I so from my perspective I would say probably the number one uh, ingredient is um, openness to change hmm. and I think that that we hear uh, we we hear from people 
who don't necessarily like things changing, but we don't hear that frequently from people who do like the direction things are going. So as, as an example, the racetrack, uh, the, the Angel, Midget, Park. You know, Angel Park racetrack has been sort of an icon of the city for many, many, many years. And, and, and in recent years, um, the operators have opened it up to other things like uh, cyclocross uh, bicycle racing. To me, something like that, thinking, thinking more broadly, more outside the box of, of what, what could be versus some, just saying, well, this is what this is and this is all it's going to be. I think, I think that, that alternate way of thinking is, is the thing that's going to make make city more of a destination. Well, and Ashley, oh, Ashley Field, the, of, you know, the new Ashley Field has got a ton yeah, of potential exactly. for lots of different types of events. We can't do any of them right now, but if you take a long-term sure, view, sure. there's a ton of potential there of what we might do in a, in a great location that's relatively close to downtown and has a potential to pull a lot of people into, into that part of the city. Oh, absolutely. I think that that, that facility, I think, is probably the premier uh, football venue, high school football venue in the state. Yeah. If, if anyone, if, if people have not been there yet, I would encourage them to take a look at that. I've, I've only, I've not been on the inside. I've been on the outside and seen, seen it. And it's, it's amazing. So that, that facility, you're right. Beyond, beyond just athletic events. And I know we've had, had discussions with the school district. I know that's their primary goal for now, but longer term, I think they're, that, you know, other, other events could could be held in there to make to make not just the um, stadium a destination, but like you're mentioning, the tie to downtown. You know that whole area would be served. Obviously, if if you've been to, I, I know it's not necessarily comparable with Camp Randall, but but all the activity that that uh, a football game on a Saturday at Camp Randall generates for blocks and blocks and blocks around that area. I mean, something like that on a smaller scale for yeah, some on a prairie, scale. I think, would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I go back to, you know, you hear a lot about people who, who complain they don't like change, but not about the people who do like change. And I think, unfortunately, I, you know, to rant a little bit, some of those are the same people. It's the same people that complain about new things or traffic, but they they're members of Costco and they're there every week and they love the new movie theater and <laughs> they love the new you know football stadium and so we we don't like things that are new and different until we've got them and then we we appreciate having them and oh by the way they're the same people that are complaining that their the taxes are too high but then they don't want to build anything mm-hmm. new to help build up the tax base or or bring in new revenue and income so look mm-hmm. this is that's nature of people everybody wants it both ways but I, I i do think that more people could be involved on a positive level and i know you know you guys have your planning commission meetings or council meetings and there's there's always an opportunity for people that's public hearing or public comment but if you've got something positive and productive to say there are plenty of opportunities for people to to be able to relay some of that and not just have it be the folks who are are complaining or are objecting to things that to be supportive and, and come on if you really like the direction things are going to be able to weigh in on some of that stuff. You know, what, what, mm-hmm. what do you feel like is a productive, positive mm-hmm. way? What, what recommendations would you give um, the average citizen um, in terms of how they can, can try to get involved in a more positive way? Well, sure. So I, I think what, what the COVID pandemic has done is from a techno is, is allowed us to um, tap into the, the technologies where, where people can participate remotely. So I think one of the things that we've heard in past years 
and working in other cities and other places is, well, gee, the the meeting is at a time I can't make or at a place I can't make because I can't drive over to, you know, location X. Mm-hmm. Well, now with with um, with the remote technology, the, the, you know, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, all the various platforms, I think that someone can just, you know, be at home and weigh in. And there's, I think for most of our meetings, there's, there's an agenda um, entitled agenda item entitled um, citizen comment, and I know our our current mayor really really promotes people trying to use that, and, I, and so I think for certainly remote meetings people can weigh in um, in that venue, but they can they can you know address address their elected and appointed uh, leaders in, in terms of what they want, what they think is good, what they think is not good, etc. You don't have but to do it. You don't have to do it in that, person. You can there. I think you guys exactly. use Survey Monkey. If if people, which always sounds silly sure. to me, but people can write written comments in, and you know, it's one of the things I like about, and it's been easier. I, I do think doing them remotely or on Zoom, um, you can you can see faces rather than having just a <coughs> camera pointed at a meeting room. You know, you you can interact a little bit more, but but it's all there. The city puts the agenda and the minutes and everything up on. You know, the, everything is accountable and transparent, and that's not how a lot of organizations run. I think that's part of why why city government runs runs as well as it does. So, so I, I do. There, are, we talked about two things, and I got to ask a question and see if you're you have any news for us here. Uh, I'm not, sure. I'm not optimistic, but we talked about the pumpkin patch development and yeah. what's going on there. I know there is an apartment complex as part of that that is uh, is been before the planning commission and will go before the city council, I believe, uh, relatively soon. Do you have any news? I know there was some discussion of whether there was a signed agreement on a tenant or an anchor. Do you have any news on what is officially going in there yet? Um, I, I, I don't. I, I, what I can tell you is, is that we, we know that there is an interested party, um, but we, we do not have any uh, official submittals at this point. Um, and I guess until, until we do, that's that's about what I can tell you at this point. I, I like I said, I frequently you know in, in situations like this where where a given uh, a prospective tenant will will ask us you know to have things remain in confidence. Obviously, we we value that and we honor that. So uh, until something is a formal submittal, uh, we we really don't say anything unless the the particular applicant lets us know that they're okay with that. Sure. And so, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, my feeling is that obviously they sold the land. The city owned the land and sold it to the to the developer. And you don't do that unless you know, you know, you don't buy a piece of land unless you know what you're going to build on it. Typically, that, I, I think that's a that's a safe statement. I think someone to to do that purely speculatively without having some some interested party is is, is that's a big risk. So I, I think I think we'll be we'll be seeing something in the in the fairly near future in terms of a development submittal for that site. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part is the uh, the Sun Prairie Strong plan that we talked about, and I know that that mm-hmm. it was a plan put together. And plans are exactly what they are; they're plans, uh, and they're subject to change until somebody comes up with something uh, firm. But mm-hmm. uh, do, do you have any sense of when we might start to see that project or parts of that project? Uh, you know, the city hall I mentioned is right there, and that is being sort of refurbished. But what any any idea on a timeline on when we might break ground on anything going on at that intersection? Um, specifically on the inter- intersection, no. We, there was, so so maybe you're aware of the, the um, project at 402 East Main, which is on the other side of, of City Hall um, from the explosion, which is the, um, the Glass Nickel yeah. uh, project. 
so that that is that is in the works for uh, construction next year. I think they're going to start in spring spring of next year, twenty twenty one, which I think is exciting. Um, kind of extends downtown, I think, further yep. uh, mm-hmm. northeast. You know, you could kind of have, you know, it's becoming a very nice walkable desti- destination again. There's that word of when the weather's nice uh, to be able to to sort of hop around to a couple different places and have things to do down there. Extending that out a little further is. It's sort of exciting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, specifically so, around, I mean, essentially the vacant lot that's there right now, we're, we're right at the heart of the where the explosion happened. So there were – so part of that project um, involved involved the property owners, Adam, who, who, who owns uh, Glass Nickel, that Glass Nickel uh, franchise. Um, he owns some of the land at that corner. Um, there are multiple landowners. That's part of the issue is getting consensus by everyone on sure. a, a specific thing. So I think that's that's still being worked out. Um, we did see at one point in time a proposal for the the southwest corner of that intersection, um, but I think now that that Adam is moving forward with with this project, I think plans are gonna are gonna shift now. So I think his his first um, uh, emphasis point of emphasis is is getting his business in that building up and running, and then probably shifting over to to the other site. Um, as as a part owner of that, we we haven't. Other than that, we haven't seen any specific plans for for any specific buildings um, on the either the north or south sides of Main Street of that of that intersection. What I can tell you though is, so you mentioned the old city hall, and this is this is fairly new, um, and it's it's public record now. But um, Flavors uh, Wine Bar is the tenant in Old City Hall. They've they've applied for a conditional use permit that'll be going before the Planning Commission in. Uh, January, and they're actually going to be operating the first floor, which would be the wine bar, and then the second floor is uh, more of assembly space for things like um, parties, uh, receptions, and so forth. When yeah. the when the I actually interviewed her, the the owner on on a previous show as well, which you can go back and listen to. Oh, but excellent! Yeah, yeah excellent. go ahead. Yep. So there, so so she's going to be there. That's pretty exciting. And then uh, also at the same plan commission, um, the the cannery wine bar is is looking to add outdoor space for for warmer months. So they're looking to add kind of a beer garden. Mm. If you're familiar with the space, the space behind Eddie's, he's got that. Yep. Uh, Dan has that that outdoor space. I've so, been there. So Joe from cannery is 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 uh, going to do something. Same. That'll it's, flow it's, right into the new parking and everything and the yep. the, the sort of pedestrian-friendly exactly. kind of rear of, yep. of all those businesses. Yeah, so I, I, that's that's an interesting thing that you uh, point you, you bring up, Andy, because that is a fairly recently completed project that I think is going to, I don't know if I'll say totally transform the downtown, but it'll certainly open up um, a lot more parking for downtown venues and and people places for people to gather and opportunities to do things um, in that and on the I'd say the north the north side of of those buildings on Main Street that maybe it looked a little I'll say tired in in the past but now it's all it's all shiny and new and then when the landscaping goes in in spring I think it'll it'll look pretty sharp and and that's I think that's a good place to wrap up because that's a fairly simple just redoing a street and parking and adding some landscaping and you talked about how how the planning department can create some more public benefit from some of these buildings and work with mm-hmm. developers and that that's a, a relatively simple sort of uh, I don't know even if people haven't been by there to realize what happened but but just by giving something a facelift like that can stimulate you know businesses to expand or have other options that really just improve the quality of life 
overall. And I think that's obviously, I think you guys would say that's, that's your goal. And, and I think by and large, you've been doing a good job of it. And I, I appreciate uh, what you and your staff do, like I said at the beginning. Certainly. And thanks. Thanks for that. And, and uh, uh, thanks for, thanks for the invite to talk. Do you mind if I throw one more pitch in? No, go ahead. One of your emails, you had, you had sent us kind of a list of some topics. And, I, and one of the things that I think from a planning perspective, we don't get to tell the story well enough on and you asked the question, what makes either a great city and or a great city plan? And I just, I really, I wanted to touch on that because it's a one word answer. Yeah, shoot. And that answer is connectivity. Mm. I think that that's extremely underrated. And I don't just mean physical connectivity, because that's important too, having a well-connected transportation network. But connectivity from a community standpoint means the ability to connect people to people, people to jobs, people to homes, people to places to recreate. And all those things, when you put those things in the mix together, a well-connected city becomes a community. I agree with all that. And I, I'm just sitting here thinking that I, I, this crazy, terrible year, I, I also started this podcast. And, and that was a big part of it, was trying to find a way to, I mean, it ended up helping me stay connected to people like yourself and my guests, but also giving uh, the citizens in the media center, I think plays a role in that and trying to find ways to be local mm -hmm. and, and keep people connected. And I hope that, you know, this show in some small way and, uh, and, and what we do here at the media center helps, helps facilitate that. But all of that is, you know, that, that connection to your neighbor uh, and, and connection to a place uh, is all, you know, really key and critical to, to having a great, great city and i i hope we can continue to do mm -hmm. that so that's great all, all right. right appreciate it tim you have a good evening and thanks i really appreciate your time thanks andy anytime let me know if you want to do it again all right sounds good thanks have a happy holiday that was fantastic. Well, you know, I, I think I've said before, I have a, a list of people that I hope to talk to with this show, and Tim was certainly right near the top, and so I, I really appreciate him being on, and, and it was good to get that insight. And uh, so I, I wish him a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy holidays to everybody. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll see you in 2021.